You're listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 34, where we will be discussing chapter 17 of City of Ashes, East of Eden. I'm Kristen. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. All right. I'm proud of you for remembering it was 34, even though it says 33. Right? Good job. Um, I got mad skills with the Z. You really do. We make that joke every episode. So, what's up, dogs? Well, Robin has sucked me into a cult following. Yeah. <laughs> called the Great British Bake Off. <laughs> I think it's a Great British Baking Show. On Netflix, it's the Great British Baking Show, but in Britain, it's always been known as the Great British Bake Off. So they're oh. both like when you look them up, they both work. But I, I think it might have changed when they switched from the BBC. Okay, okay. But I mean, I don't really know. I didn't get that hardcore because I don't want any spoilers. I spoiled like two seasons for myself by Why accident. Why would you do that? How is it a spoiler? Does it continue? Because you can see who wins. I don't know. I said that really rude. You can see who wins, Amanda. <laughs> I know. But wouldn't you start at the beginning of a season? Yeah, but I, yeah, I I accidentally spoiled two different seasons so, like, while I was Googling watching it. them. Oh. I was looking at memes. And then yeah. you ruin it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Because then you find out who won. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to know who wins. Because uh, I like to guess. That's just part of the fun of watching it. Right. Mm-hmm. And like nobody ever wins. And there's only one person that I've ever wanted to win who won in the five seasons that I've watched. Okay. I'm. I can't believe that you were already past me. I know. You don't watch enough TV. <laughs> <laughs> like how long have I been waiting for you to finish Outlander? Okay, oh, yeah. it's been like a month. <laughs> There's I'm... only five seasons. <laughs> it did. It I'm did terrible. take Robin like nine months to watch all of the Star Treks. That's because they're boring. I put it on sometimes in the morning when I'm like okay puttering around and stuff because I don't really have to watch it because okay. I already know what happens. Mm-hmm. Although sometimes I'm like, oh, I didn't remember that. Tell me more, Neelix. Yes. I've been re-watching Law & Order SVU episodes in the background like that. Mm. Lincoln loves the song. It's the greatest. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. I we're, love TV. Um, we're going to do baking stuff. Like, even if we just do, like, an Instagram bake-off where we just kind of, like, we pick something and then we do it and take pictures of it, that would be fun. I have a secret. I'm going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, the real loser. I, I mean... Personally, I'm a better cook than I am a baker. Mm-hmm. Same. Yeah. For sure. Well, yeah. I um, went so long with an electric oven and range, whatever. Mm-hmm. That And then now I have gas. So do they cook differently? Yeah. Obviously, yeah, it's you a have different... to get used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We learned today. We learned while making the tamales <laughs> that electric sucks. Well, I house. think it's just not. I don't know. It's just different is all. It's mm-hmm. very much slower. <laughs> Interesting. I always, I'm, I get bad because like, I'm, I'm a cook. So I just make, sh- I like never follow a recipe. I uh-huh. always, I always fudge it. But baking has, was always so hard for me because like you, it, it's literally a science and you, yeah. ha- you have to do it the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, But like over the years, I've been able to like figure out what I can substitute and what I like can't Mm -hmm. and so I still don't ever follow a recipe straight across I always do something different but well and you can like follow the the meaning but you can change the flavor yeah like that's where you can kind of experiment yeah and I I finally learned those kinds of like what's important what's not important what do I really need to measure what don't I really need to measure yeah you know those kinds of things but decorating is what always gets me because I always try to do extra and then it, I end up ruining it. Like it was great if I would have just stopped like three time, like three things ago. Saved yourself some stress, dude. Yeah. I'm really bad at decorating and shaping stuff. So it's all kind of just a crapshoot for me. I'm like, at least it tastes good. It looks like garbage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, um, so I like rice bowls. I just <laughs> throw it in there. Yep. <laughs> well, that's like the, um, I made soup the other day and um I wanted to take a picture of it just because I was I made it before but I was it looked pretty it tasted good I was proud of it whatever and so I was kind of like setting up the bowl and Omar is eye rolling me like 
majorly eye rolling. I don't even care. Fuck everybody. And I was like, because I like the lemon wedges in there uh-huh. and stuff. And I'm like, go away. Yeah, I'm taking this for Instagram. Get out of here. You right? go eat and slurp. Right. I spent six hours on this and you sat on the couch. Fuck e- off. Exactly. Love you. Exactly. <laughs> it's like you take a picture of your car when you work on your car. Okay. <laughs> I can take a picture when I spend six hours making fucking cardamom buns. And yes, I will make sure the lighting is right. And yes, I will make sure I have a good background. <laughs> Bam. What? Like, do you do you have any idea what it takes to fucking cut those things in strips, then twist them? And I was so them? proud of you. Dude, that's so hard. I braided bread before. It's a fucking pain in the ass. Uh Uh-huh. And it was, I did pesto. Mm -hmm. And so it was like getting everywhere. It was crazy. So good. But it was good. Yeah. I needed like pine nuts though. Oh, okay. I think that would have been good. I always have pine nuts if you ever need any. You can drive an hour out of your way to come get pine nuts. (laughs) I think it's more than that. (laughs) (laughs) That is so crazy to think about living that far away. That's crazy. I guess that's why we're here. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We come to the midway point. I mean, it's the midway. All right. So what do you say we cut the chit-chat and kick things off with Robin's recap? Previously on Downworld or Dish. Alec makes his way into Izzy's bedroom and pulls a shy surprise. Here's Jace. Slightly maimed, but okay. Max retrieves Isabel's cell phone while Jace's wounds are tended and the Inquisitor's plan is laid out. Jace stocks up on weapons hidden in the piles of dirty clothes <laughs> and tells the Lightwood siblings he's going to GTFO, but they got to stay put. Okay, hold on. Isabel is so me. I know. I thought of you. <laughs> yeah. I thought of you. When Max returns with the phone, Izzy dials Clary, who gives her the 411 on the vampy slash person wolf attacks, which changes gears on Jace's plan. He has Clary and Luke meet him at the Institute for a daring escape for jumping off the of jumping off the roof typo back on the boat simon and maya are tied up in a holding cell maya gets her wish to apologize to simon about being a real debbie downer back at luke's oh my god just drop it girl (laughs) simon accepts and time fast forwards about three to four hours and maya's waking up from an uncomfortable nap simon is thirsty for blood and in complete agony but is still able to hold on to his humanity calling caring for maya and even trying to hold her hand their tender moment is cut short by the villain of the hour, V-Tang, who quickly tortures Maya with silver powder, taunts Simon about his eternal damnation, and quickly sits his throat. Damn, Daniel. Right? Like, <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> you make it sound so positive. And murders him. It murders him. <laughs> a murder most foul. By the way, guys, just a reminder, since this is a recap, Simon died. Okay. <laughs> Got it? <laughs> you're evil <laughs> your head is back and you're cackling i am roseanne laughing yes <laughs> oh shoot so because cassandra claire likes to torture her readers we open the chapter in luke's truck with jason clary still waiting to find out what happened to poor simon like we know his throat got slit but like really man what happened <laughs> Clary is asking all the same questions we are. How the hell did Jace go, not go splat when he jumped off the roof? <laughs> but Jace is no help. He doesn't know how he did it any more than Clary knows how she created the fearless rune. What he does know is that they have to get to V-Tang's boat and stop him from murdering Simon and Maya and completing the conversion. And I did not mean to giggle when I said murdering Simon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like, you did. Too late, sucker. <laughs> like, ugh unfortunate so luke goes into dad mode and is all nope not happening but of course jace brushes off his concern and presses forward with his own plan because who needs adults right this is a (laughs) ya novel adults don't know shit jace quickly explains the inquisitor's plan and her efforts to block the lightwoods access to the clave they're essentially on their own Just when they're trying to figure out how they can get to Valentine's ship, Clary gets a text from Magnus. She must have had a Nokia because she didn't she smash up her phone on the dash the last chapter? That's great. (laughs) Those things are indestructible. Love it. Um, Luke begrudgingly flips a bitch and (laughs) heads to the address. Luke wants to be the one to go take down V-Tang, but Jace explains that he has to be the hero because V-Tang is using a fear demon and he's a shadow hunter and he can use Clary's nifty new fearless rune and finish him. Finish him. Okay, I just want you to know, I was reading this, I was like, oh my god, 
duh. That's why he asked Clary to like, it all made sense. When he was like, well, I don't know what rune to draw. Oh, draw fearless. He was planning this the whole time. Yeah. Like, I don't know why I didn't, like, put that together until just this moment. I'm like, oh, my uh, God. I needed yeah. to point it out because I didn't. Yeah. Because, yeah, because it was right after he had the experience. Yeah, of course that's what. Yeah. And he pretended like he was playing coy, but he knew all along he wanted oh. her then to test it on Alec to see if it worked. Then now he could go sh- hunt shadows. Shadow hunt. <laughs> I really wish I had a freaking. I had you. I was recording you right yeah. now. That was good. I don't know. I always want to say I had you on videotape, but like it's not a thing Everyone anymore. Everyone says I can video you, and I say it too, and I'm like, record. The yeah. word is record, not video. <laughs> Stop saying that. It's me. I do it. You're like voguing. <laughs> yes. Video. Anyway. Of course, Luke, the walking shadow hunter. <laughs> Sorry. Of course, Luke, the walking shadow hunter historia slash encyclopedia, recognizes the demon Jace is describing as Agrimon, not just a fear demon, the fear demon. Dun, dun, dun. So, yeah, like, I, I love that the way he says it, it's like, no, bitch, I'm the fear demon. <laughs> like, triple snap in a Z formation. Yep. <laughs> so, Clary's less than comfortable with the idea of testing her new rune against a greater demon, and I don't blame her. <laughs> But Jace believes in her, and it's just so romantic, she's like, fuck it, let's do it. (laughs) You twisted my arm. Right? (sighs) He believes in me, hard eyes. They pull up to another dilapidated warehouse near the water, and I'm like, bro, what is with all these busted up factories taking up prime real estate? Like, it's like riverfront, like, do you know how many millions of dollars it's probably (laughs) worth? Busted up real estate. I like it. Jace saunters down to the water while they wait for Magnus to show. It doesn't say he saunters, but like Jace always saunters everywhere. Like in my head. Facts. Yeah. (laughs) Truth. So I'm going to read an excerpt from the book. I love it when you do that. As Clary watched, he threw something small and white toward the water. It hit with a splash and vanished. What are you doing? She said. Jace turned to face them, the wind whipping his fair hair across his face, sending a message. Over his shoulder, Clary thought she saw a shimmering tendril, like a piece of living seaweed, emerge from the gray river water, a bit of white caught in its grip. A moment later, it vanished, and she was left blinking. A message to who? Jace scowled. No one. He turned away from the water and stalked across the pebble beach. Okay, this is literally life and death. Can we hit pause on the mysteriously broody boy routine? Like, like just tell them what you're doing. (laughs) Message in a bottle. (laughs) That's all I can think of. No one, Clary. Right? Like, I'm sending a message to who? No one. My drum beeswax sister. He's like, figure figure out that riddle. Stay out of my room. (laughs) I just like that his hair is long enough that it's whipping across his face. It's delicious. I bet he would have a man bun. Yeah, I would be damn. I would be okay with a man bun. Mm-hmm. I would be into it, but not it curled. Or- I just feel like if you okay. <laughs> My hair is like. Tell us how you really feel. Collarbone length. Yeah. Okay, and it gets so hot that it's basically up all the time. How are you not sweating to death with your hair not back? Like, how are you sat down in your face, Chase? I don't understand. Maybe yeah. he doesn't For have real. a carpet worth of hair like I you do get hot that's true <laughs> but i even get hot with the bottom half hair. of mine is shaved and it's he's still also swampy. in shape <laughs> i get hot too and i have oh. thin hair <laughs> i just feel like it would be it would be bugging me it's like a bugaboo it's like hey you want to go see that can't because my hair's on your face you're i'm your hair and i'm in your face because i'm the hair because he's like tapping him on the shoulder hey guess what here i am here I am. Here I am. <laughs> anyway, Jace, put your hair up in a bun or cut it, please. I it's it's for your own good. I'm sure it's that- part of the mystery. It's so he can do the 2007 Bieber hair swoop. The, I don't, ha- the no. head flick. I feel like it's longer than that. It is. It totally is. But I'm sure Izzy has a bobby pin, bro. Clip your bang. <laughs> do the shark fin. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Oh, my God. Or maybe he French braids it. 
like a Viking warrior. Yeah. I'd be down with that. Mm-hmm. I'd be okay with that. I'm I'm good with the man or like the bottom half shaved and then the top yeah. man bun thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do that. But don't leave it like goosey goosey. Dude, I am such a trash millennial. I love all the <laughs> fuckboy hair. Even I would be even cool with like the 1700s low pony. No, 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 no. As long as it's out of his face, just get it out of your face. No, I would rather have it in your face. I agree. (laughs) Fabio, that shit. I don't want a low pony. (laughs) Robin's over here fawning over George. (laughs) (laughs) She's watched too much Hamilton. To be fair, I was picturing Jamie. When he's in France. No one wants the bangs. Why can't he just get rid of the bangs? They are cutting them. Otherwise, it would be the same length as his hair. Wait, who are we talking Outlander. Okay, we've, we've switched fandoms. Sorry. <laughs> Mid-sentence. He doesn't love ponytail. But he does. I know. I know. And I don't like it. No, it's not I great. don't like his hair at all. No, I don't either. It's, it's too it's, sparse. Well, and it's very curly, so mm-hmm. it just... It's, it's Jace's hair. Yeah, probably, but I mm-hmm. envision his hair differently. I just Jace's make hair? it look better in I'm my like, head. Because it's a TV show. You can't envision it differently, but you met Jace's hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shitters. Anyways. Okay. Anyway. That was important. I'm glad we had this discussion. Thank you. Bye. We will, we will dig deep into my Jace versus your Jace because I have very strong feelings about my Jace. And I know that you absolutely cannot stand my Jace. I just want to dig deeper into Robin being into a founding father's ponytail. <laughs> I'm saying, not into it. I would be okay with him having it as long as it meant his hair was out of his face. Okay, okay. Just because you know it'd be more comfortable. Yeah, because yeah. it's okay. gotta be like. I don't care his about his comfort. I just want him to look good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm flipping the, the script. Uh, my mom always said it hurts to be beautiful. Right. That's something Jace would say, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. I know that we just had a sidebar, but not to be the queen of sidebars or anything. But I need to discuss serif blades for the mil- millionth and one time. I love it. So, I'm going to quote the book, and then we're going to talk about it. There were three long blades laid out. As he turned, Clary saw the sharpened metal discs threaded through his belt. Jace stroked his fingers along the blades. They were flat and gray-white, waiting to be named. I didn't have a chance to get to the armory, so these are the weapons we have. I thought we might as well get as ready as we can before Magnus gets here. He lifted the first blade, Abriel. The serif blade shimmered and changed color as it was named. Okay, so have we just decided to disregard the lightsaber tube situation? Well, and this tells me how you can decipher if it has a name or not, because it's a different color. Oh, yeah. They have to get, like, you have okay. to, they have to be named. So do, does it, like, engrave its name on it somehow? You know, I like, it appears? No. They never explain. See, I would assume, if we're still on the lightsaber tube situation, that once it goes back in its home. <laughs> don't you want to go to your home? Exactly. With chubs. Yeah. <laughs> Is that who it is? Yeah. Okay, yeah. anyway. That you get to name it again. Because it's, it's had its moment. All done. It's back in the tube. <laughs> okay. And then it gets a new name. Was the, what I always thought. So then okay. you, while you're active and you're in this situation, you're Kristen. Then mm-hmm. we Right, Barbara. Barbara. <laughs> that's what we decide. Babs. <laughs> Babs, right? Yep. And then once she goes that night, then you name it again the next mm-hmm. time. But if there's no tube, it's not tubular. Right. Like the the blade is out and I'm like, okay, so this is where I got that envisioning of it just being like a clear blade and then it like starts shining with like angel powers or something. Well, I don't then know. in this moment, I'm like, well, maybe if they've like used the tube, they can't go back into the tube. But what's the point of having the tube? Right. Right. What is the point in having a retractable weapon if it does not retract? Well, and we looked up. And it's made out of hard stone. Like, I don't understand how it could retract in the first place. And they don't wield magic. Right. I was going to say, it's not magic. We know that. They're not magic wielders. Okay. When we looked it up on the Wikia, which mm-hmm. I know Wikia is fan made. So right. it showed the tube and it popping out and everything. There was a diagram. Someone did a wonderful job drawing it. Right. Because that's how it was explained in the first book. But then, like, this is what I'm talking about consistencies. Like, I know this was published by a publishing house. How did nobody get this? Yeah. How many people read this before it came out? Exactly. Ugh. It's one of the my biggest pet peeves. I'm like, dude, it just consistency. 
it all it takes is one fan reader. Yeah. Because they would be able to tell you this. Which it seems like now that the um, arcs are going out and stuff. Maybe they didn't do that. Back in the day. Or when this was written. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. While they're gearing up and waiting for Magnus, Clary gets another text on her indestructible phone, which we're reminded is a flip phone, so not the brick I imagined. Darn. But interesting that it is still alive. So the message is from Izzy. Jace is in the clear. The Inquisitor has been too busy arguing with Maris to notice his absence. So mark one for Clary and co. (laughs) On the subject of Quizio... Luke puts his historian flannel on and gives <laughs> and gives Claria Jace the Herondale family Wikipedia bio. So Imogen had a son named Stephen, who was the Shadowhunter Golden Boy of the 80s. He was good at everything. Nice without being boring, which I'm like, dude, you can be nice and not be boring. Yeah. Like, I'm nice. Nice doesn't equal boring. I'm Whatever. You're awesome. Luke. Right? And hot as fuck. Okay, maybe that's just my imagination, but, like, whatever. (laughs) The Herondales ran the London Institute, so Luke didn't really see much of Stephen until he moved to Alicante after his schooling was finished. Luke got to know him pretty well after he got married, but he wasn't in the circle yet. And Luke's being, like, super dodgy about this, and I'm not. I'm not into it. I don't like it. So Stephen joined the circle after Luke got turned and Valentine needed a new second in command. And Imogen was not about it. But Stephen screamed, whatever, mom, and joined anyway, cutting off his parents. V-Tang didn't like Stephen's wife, Amatis, because she had undesirable family connections. So he made Stephen divorce her and marry an 18-year-old circle member named Celine. Okay. That's horrible, right? But also, I'm not sure why Luke puts the emphasis on how young Celine was, seeing as they were all supposed to be like 20, 21. So like 18 versus 20 isn't really that big of a deal. Maybe he's doing it for her benefit. Like she was just a baby still and he forced her to get married because I'm assuming he I think I remember he had like control over her, too, basically. Yeah, she was like a devout circle member. So Stephen was killed in a circle raid and Celine, eight months pregnant at the time, killed herself when she found out, which is like super fucking sad. <sighs> so because Celine's death, death was a suicide, she and her unborn child couldn't be buried in the Bone City. And instead, she was buried at a crossroads outside of Alicante, which is fucking heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's just one of those. It, this is one of those stories that just gets me. Um, soon after Imogen's husband died and she was left alone and after the uprising she took the position of inquisitor when the inquisitor was murdered murdered yeah I think I'd be looking for something to keep myself busy too me right too. so like I get that that was a lot to digest but I appreciate being able to get some backstory for the inquisitor and understand her a little better like she's still a baddie like she's still not doing the right things mm-hmm. But I really enjoy complex villains, and I want to be able to understand why they do the things they do. Like, Valentine, like, you can kind of understand, like, his philosophy, but, like, we really don't know, like, what fucked him up to make him so, uh-huh. like, he's just a, he's just kind of crazy. Whereas Imogen is vindictive, and she's out for revenge. So, like, you can understand those human emotions and feelings, whereas I think Valentine is, like, a robot. But whatever. (laughs) So, Jason is in his feels after hearing about another family Valentine's influence destroyed. But Luke really comes in clutch and gives him some good dad. (laughs) I'm going to quote the book again. Okay. It does explain why she hates Valentine as much as she does. Because my father poisons everything he touches, Jace said bitterly. Because your father, for all his for all his sins, still has a son and she doesn't. And because she blames him for Stephen's death. And she's right, said Jace. It was his fault. Not entirely, said Luke. He offered Stephen a choice, and Stephen chose. Whatever else his faults were, Valentine never blackmailed or threatened anyone into joining the circle. He wanted only willing followers. The responsibility for Stephen's choices rests with him. So, like, we got to give props where props are due. And Luke has really been killing the dad game lately. Yeah. Always. Like, he's the sexy one in the story, okay? <laughs> oh, snap. Okay. Crackle and pop. 
<sighs> Robin's just in a broken chair, so we have to wait for her. <laughs> You're going to touch the floor. Okay? There's How no low can you go? Support in this. I can totally trade you. Maybe after this one. Okay. I don't know. I agree with Amanda and the flannel. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and the black rim glasses, I think, right? I feel I like they're wire rim. They're wire rim, Dude, definitely. No. Come on. It's, we can we can time. we can alter All it right. in our brains All right. okay, and make him have you. Buddy Holly glasses. Cool. Thank you. He can just be a hipster. <laughs> it's perfect. Which to be fair, the way he's set up is like a hipster before hipsters were a thing. He's the yep. first hipster. He really oh, is. Tell me. Everyone's has a just trying to be Luke. A... He does. He has oh, grace double. I'm so about it. Me too. I think, <sighs> but I think that's... No, I've always been an old, into older men, so never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag daddy issues. <laughs> I was going to Oh, shitters. Uh, so Luke continues his point, guessing correctly that Valentine gave Jace a choice to stay and join him in his fight for world domination. And Jace told him no. And Jace's reaction is the absolute best. He says, and I quote, I wish people would stop guessing that. It's making me feel predictable. <laughs> like you all think I'm a good person. How dare you? <laughs> right? <laughs> so the moment of levity is quickly forgotten when Magnus shows up, sans glitter hair and rainbow pants. So, so we know he means business. Business. My business. My business. Get the fuck out of Sorry. That's ludicrous. It was ludicrous. You're right. I'll let it I'll let it go. <laughs> All right. Well, Jace gives Magnus a hard time about running late. And Magnus is quick to point out that he had to prepare for magic of this magnitude. Like he just wore himself like to almost zero, not even He's got to charge 24 hours before. Like, come on, Jace. He probably went home and like grabbed a couple rose quartz and just like recharged. <laughs> No, I think that's just you. <laughs> Is that what you're going to do tonight? She back to line my chakra. <laughs> I, I set my amethyst out last full moon to charge. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I have done that. I know because you're saying it so convincingly. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, he asks Luke to unlock Magnus. Asks, asks Luke to unlock his truck. <laughs> <laughs> ass. Ass. <laughs> Unlock Magnus, please. <laughs> Can you unlock Magnus's ass? Look <laughs> <laughs> to unlock Magnus, Luke. Ass. I can just imagine, like you know how, like if they had theme songs, like Magnus walking in, it would just be like ass, ass, ass. <laughs> and he strikes a pose, oh, like he's at the end of a shit. runway, like he's a WWE wrestler. <laughs> He needs music. I was thinking song. Vogue, but okay. <laughs> there are two kinds of people, oh, I guess. Shoot. All right, I'll start that one again. Sorry. This is not that we mess up every time and you never do. No, so yeah. now we're like, it's because ah. I talk so fast. I don't give you guys a chance to make fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Magnus asks Luke to unlock his truck. Since it would be rude to use magic and do it himself. <laughs> Which I feel like he does often. So he must be being nice to Luke for some reason. So as the two walk away, Clary internally points out the physical differences between the two men. That they're both the same. But they're both the same downworlders. And I have to say that it's interesting that warlocks are considered downworlders. I don't know. Like sh the shadow hunters think that they're better than them. But Magnus seems to be like much better to keep on hand than someone like so far that I've read like Robert Lightwood or something you know like Magnus has come in handy quite a bit more than any shadow hunter so far I want you to say that to Robert Lightwood's face <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> so anyway Jace holds Clary back from going with Luke and Magnus and he has to like snap her attention you know get get her attention and typical Clary, she's in her own world. Jace calls her out about it, and he says that he wishes sometimes that he could follow her. And I'm just going to go ahead and call bullshit on this one. No one thinks that way. <laughs> um, as we, I think we've talked about it in prior episodes. Sometimes it takes me a few minutes to get my husband's attention. I do not wish to follow him. I wish to smack him. <laughs> okay? That's not happening. No one's like, oh, I want to go where she is. No. 
But maybe he's thinking, like, I can't be with you in this world, but maybe we could be together. Oh, oh my God. Go away. <laughs> I don't think that's how Jace is thinking. But, okay. <laughs> All right. So getting to the point of this Jace and Clary huddle, Jace asks Clary to mark him with the fearless rune. He's like, you got to do it now before Daddy Luke gets back. <laughs> because he won't let it happen if he knows about it. But he hasn't come across Agramon, and Jace knows what he's capable of and believes that um, it's the only way to defeat him, which totally makes sense to me. If so, if someone's only power is scaring the life out of people and someone is not afraid of him, it renders him pretty useless, right? So Agramon's going to be like, uh, what? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. <laughs> well, I can't scare you. <laughs> My bad. You found me. <laughs> right. And like the the other greater demon that they fought wasn't like, I think that they would have an advantage with Agramon because he's only, who, he's never come up against someone who didn't have a fear. Uh-huh. Right. So like he's never had to battle because his power is so powerful. Right. So like, I feel like maybe he would have an edge. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas another greater demon would like be. Like, so what? Yeah. Wouldn't be I mean, caught off you. guard. Yeah. Right. This guy's going to What did you it. just say? Bunch you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jace tells Clary to put the mark um, close to his heart because it's more effective there. So I want to know if he's like wearing a V-neck. Like how does no one see this? Is he like pulling his whole shirt up? Is she just pulling down the V-neck? He turns around and pulls up his shirt so she does it on his back. On his shoulder blade. Yeah. Oh, why? Like why? behind his heart. Yeah. Okay, okay. Whatever. Anyway. I like the V-neck. So I did too. Just... I would love to see him in a fucking man bun with a plunging V-neck. Yeah, I'd be about that's, it. That's not that's not terrible. <laughs> yeah. A black one. Right. Like the, the or like curling runes. Gray. Like yeah. hell yeah. Hell yeah. Okay, fine. I'll take it. <laughs> but I will say, I'm really glad that you pointed this out because now I remember that this is where I got the thing about the closer to the heart, the more powerful the rune is. I'm like, I never remember it. What came from somewhere? Yeah. Well, I obviously, I this is my section. I didn't even remember. I just was like, wait, what? <laughs> How did that even happen? I just read right past it. That's so dumb. <laughs> so then Jace is like, okay, sissy, your turn. Ew. Yep. And he tells her to push up her sleeves, and he marks her. So, what kind of a rune did he mark her with? Was it fearless? Was it a protection rune? Why didn't they put it close to her heart? Tell me all the things. I don't think it was a fearless room because because I, I think if they did, they would have mentioned it specifically. Uh-huh. I think it was just like battle runes. So like okay. agility and stamina and those kinds of things. Balance. Yeah. They have like Such one for perfect balance. It's weird. <sighs> weird. I love it. <laughs> so while um, Jace is finishing the mark on... Um, Clary, Magnus appears and quotes the Bible. And Jace says, you can quote the Bible? Like, rude, Jace. Yeah. So he tells Jace, I was born in... Okay, I can't do a Magnus voice like Kristen can. But he says, I was born in a deeply religious century, my boy. So, downworlders can't quote the Bible like vampires can't say God? No. I think Jace was just being a smartass because it's like, why would he read the Bible? Okay. But... It was a stupid thing to say because Magnus is so old, like, and, yeah. and he's so powerful. Like, of course he's read the Bible. Like, uh-huh. that's such a stupid thing to, like, assume that he just yeah. ignored an entire thing that has everything to do with the Shadowhunters. <laughs> just like, fuck it. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Well, then Luke pulls up in his truck, and I don't understand why Magnus came back before Luke. Luke is in a car. <laughs> Like, Magnus walked back. How did Magnus beat him? Like, that whole thing doesn't make sense to me, but whatever. He operated. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. He can't. So Magnus tells them to get into the back of the truck, and Clary notices a pentagram painted on the floor of the truck bed. Um, Leak, Leak. (laughs) Luke leans out and tells Clary the plan is for her to stay in the truck with Magnus, where she fucking belongs, okay? And um, he and Jace will go to the ship. And then Luke takes all of them on a Chitty Chitty Bang Bang style ride in his truck slash boat. (laughs) (laughs) And I believe they were singing the song. Oh, I Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. 
No? You don't think so? No. Okay, no. fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, Magnus isn't dressed as the child catcher, so it's oh, fine. Oh, okay. Good point. Good point. Okay. <laughs> you, you can't have it without the whole aesthetic. Yeah. He's got to have the nose. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. All right. Well, we go back to the point of view at the Institute where Izzy and Alec are attempting to eavesdrop on their mother and the Inquisitor through the library door. And like any smart kids, they are like, n- they don't have a glass. Okay. That's what I'm getting at. Use a freaking glass, right? Uh, maybe there's a rune to hear better through a door. I don't know. <laughs> it just seems like they're not prepared. Or like maybe use the rune that Jace used in Luke's bookstore when they were spying oh, on him. Yeah. Like obviously. Good point. These Thank people. You. Yep. Some people's kids. Yeah. So Izzy points out that it's almost sunset or it is sunset. I think is what it was and decides to go to the library. Just go in. So a reluctant Alec follows. And bitch face McGee yells at the kids, asking them, what are they doing here? And then she and Maris go back and forth saying each other's names. Imogen. Maris. Imogen. (laughs) And eventually Imogen tells her, I've had about enough of you and your delinquent children. And she's cut off by Maris finally getting her attention by once again saying, Imogen. (laughs) And they notice a figure in the room. And it was a Valentine projection type hologram-y form. And um, Valentine tells Imogen that he got her message. And is like, eh, is that the best you got? <sighs> My son for the mortal instruments? And Imogen is like, mm-hmm. Valentine's all, mm, no thanks. Except not that polite. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> Much appreciated. <Yeah. laughs> thanks for the offer, but I'm going to have to pass. And she is most astounded. She is most aghast. She is stone-faced like a statue. And then she blinks and speaks at last. Oh, damn. A little pout-pout fish for you there. (laughs) Read it every night. (laughs) (laughs) I have the entire book memorized. I can read it even if Lincoln kicks the book out of my hand. Yeah. Anyway... Imogen is like, boy, you can't bluff me. And Imogen <laughs> Ting's like, girl, I see you. You're like me. I know that you're going to follow through with your plan. I'm going to read this little part here because I have to. <laughs> so she says, I am no- I'm nothing like you. I follow the law. Even when it instructs you to kill a boy in his teens just to punish his father. This is not about the law, Imogen. It is that you hate and blame me for the death of your son. And this is your manner of recompensing me. It will make no difference. I will not give up the moral instruments, not even for Jonathan. The Inquisitor simply stared at him. But he's your son, she said. Your child. And I'm like, yeah, I bet you feel really bad now, don't ya? Don't ya? (laughs) Everything is a reference to me. I'm sorry. (laughs) I I was just like, don't you wish your daddy was bad like mine? No one does. (laughs) So V-Tang tells her that he offered Jace safety if he came to the dark side and Jace declined. (laughs) So he basically made the decision for himself. Imogen gave Valentine one last chance to change his mind, but he's not going for it. As he starts calling V-Tang names like a bastard and stuff, (laughs) I think. And Imogen realizes that what Valentine is saying, he offered protection to Jace and Jace turned it down. Jace is not his spy nor his weapon. Valentine has more powerful, he says he has more powerful powerful resources than Jace and didn't need him. She almost tries to plea with him to Valentine to make this trade. And he's like, nah, I'm good. You have nothing I want. Bye. <laughs> Dude. Like, can you imagine what's going on in her head? Like, oh, I fucked up. Big time. I definitely should have listened to Jace when he yeah. told me. <laughs> and she really didn't go and at least make a backup plan just in case. No. So no. dumb. You dumb girl. Okay, Clary and Co. Trademark Kristen. Make their way to Valentine's floating fortress. Jace offers Clary his jacket and cozies up next to her. And he wants to make sure that she's going to stay in the truck as instructed. And she says yes, asking if she even had a choice. And Jace tells her no. And then she takes Luke's glove off and interlaces their fingers. Okay, so like when... Luke gives her the gloves. She says that they're like oversized. I would rather freeze my fingers off than wear oversized gloves. They are like you can't do anything. I just sitting it's in the, the back worst. of the truck. I know, but like he gave them to him while she was still on land. I'm like you can't do anything. Oh, sorry. I don't. Yeah. Uh, mm. I don't know. I would just ball them up in my like mm-hmm. sweatshirt. 
Okay. Uh-huh. Like pull the sleeves down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I don't like things Poke touching my wrist. Holes. So <laughs> not into it. Anyways. Clary tells Jace that she is certain that he will find Simon for her. And Jay starts telling her that there's a real possibility that he could be dead, but she doesn't want to hear it, saying that he'll be all right because he has to be. <laughs> Jace cranks the tragedy, romantic, emo <laughs> vibes up to 11 and tells her that he wants to ask her something that he was afraid to before. Fuck. And he cups her cheek. Somehow Clary's also feeling fearless. She looks up, parts her lips, and then he lightly kisses her and then pulls back. Nobody wants a light kiss, dude. She can see the black walls of the ship reflecting in the irises of his eyes. And Jace pounces to his feet while Clary gets out more awkwardly. They're butt up against the ship, and there are these huge bird-looking creatures perched on the railing of the ship. Jace yells at her to go... I said slip. (laughs) Anyway. Jace yells at her to go get her Seraph Blade ready, because they're coming. And Clary's like, can you be more constructive with your feedback? Who are they? (laughs) And Jace is like, the demons, girl. What do you think we're doing here? (laughs) Then, like nightmare bullets... The bird demons start dive bombing the truck boat. And Clary describes them as ugly flying things like pterodactyls with wide leather wings and bony triangular heads. Mm. And I have to time out here because William made me watch Jurassic Park 3. Made you. Yeah. I also a little bit forced her to. I was like, yeah, I have to watch him. He wanted to watch. He's into Jurassic Park right now. Mm -hmm. This is his jam. So cute. And then it was just so bad. I had to keep yelling at the TV. So he made me watch it. Anyway. There's these pterodactyls in this horrifying scene, and it was really hard to watch. And I, that's all I can picture now. And it's giving me the <laughs> <laughs> They're like attacking and screeching and like picking up people. And it's just, it is so much no. <laughs> and that's what these things remind me of. Anyway, so Jace gets on top of the cab of the truck and slices the first demon bird's head whose lifeless body hits the water, making it boil where it landed. The second one lands on the roof of the truck and starts smacking its body against the windshield, (laughs) trying to get in. Like, how fucking terrifying, dude. I would be so scared. There would be pee in my pants. (laughs) And Clary tries to call for Luke, but a third one hits her. And Clary, using brains of her brawn, yanks the sleeve of her jacket, um, Jace's jacket down, revealing her protection rune on her arm. The demon starts to retreat the same way the Rom one did. So they see the She's room. Like, Get out of here. Look what I got for ya. Whatever. It was too late for the demon to back away. It was in arm's reach and Clary took her opportunity, slamming her seraph blade into its chest. And Jace is impressed and tells her, good job. <laughs> in the midst of being attacked by an onslaught of these winged demons, Clary asks what they are. And Jace's jacket gets torn, which causes him some pain. Can I just say really quickly, I remember I was listening to this chapter, not reading it the first time. And I literally said out loud, why do we keep talking about this jacket? Like, I was so irritated. <laughs> they just talked about it so much. Jacket. Who cares? So funny. Sorry. Obviously, I thought it was important, too, because I wrote it down. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Didn't mean to offend you. <laughs> Clary carves a moment out to look at Jace. Like, dude, what the hell? Like, why do you need to, like, stare at him? You're getting attacked by nightmare bullets. Pay attention. (laughs) And while she's distracted, um, a pair of birds literally rip the roof off of the truck cap and sail off into the sky like, bye, bitches. (laughs) Look what I can do. Clary looks into the now open bench seat and Magnus is slunk down looking gray and deflated. And she asks if he's hurt and he says that no, he's not hurt. He's just drained. And the wards on the ship are intense and straight them off is like, um, <laughs> sorry. The wards on the ship are intense and stripping them off. He's like, I'm giving her all she's got, Captain. <laughs> but if he doesn't, <laughs> but if he doesn't get them off, um, no one besides Vitang will be able to get on the ship or they will die. So uh, Luke tells Magnus he should come with them. Like, just come with us then, bro. And he's like, no, bro. It doesn't work like that. Besides, I'm a lover, not a fighter. (laughs) And Clary, sorry. Clary's still leaning in, flapping her gums when this big ass (laughs) demon pops up and snatches her away. (laughs) Caca! Which 
I don't know why. Like, why can't this one touch her? Was it, like, not seeing the rune? I don't get it. Right. She didn't flash her rune. She wasn't like, get off me. Yep. Anyway. Luke is frantic, and Jace assures him, like, calm down, bro. She's fine. The demon bird just snatched her up for V-Tang. Um, she's going to be heading on to the ship. And Jace um, flies and dives into the water and makes his way to the boat. Luke looks back at Magnus for reassurance and then plunges in after him. Fuck. At the Institute, Alec releases Izzy from his grasp because she was trying to shut her up. And Imogen is so shocked, asking herself, what the fuck did I just do? Mm-hmm. And Maris tells her children to fetch the father. And then she goes in for the kill shot, telling Imogen that she single-handedly ensured Valentine's victory. Jace told her his plan, and he cho- and she chose to ignore it. Because it didn't coincide with her plan to cool her burning thirst for revenge. <laughs> <laughs> and Maris is like, stupid, this is V-Tang. You can't possibly think that you had a hold over him. He was playing you. He wanted you to waste the day away so that way you wouldn't have time to call in reinforcements. This guy's always like a thousand steps ahead of you or anyone. That's a good point. Yeah, mm-hmm. he came towards the end of the night right before the battle began. Yeah. The Inquisitor's hair falls down from her bun, and she looks wild-eyed, begging Maris to tell her that there's something they can still do, that there's still time. And Maris is like, nah, bitch, you done fucked up big time, slap into base. <laughs> <laughs> if we have any chance to face V-Tang, we have to do it now, rings back Robert Lightwood, all decked out in hunting gear. Like, how- I want to know what the difference is. Is hunting gear gear? I think so. And they're just saying hunting gear? Yeah. Because they do a pretty good description job describing what it actually is but i don't know i feel like they describe gear every time it shows up yes. differently, right it's yeah. almost different described differently maybe it's different for different people maybe you can pick maybe it's like There's you're like joining the cup store yeah the cup scouts yeah. Yeah. or the girl scouts and you can pick what anyway i don't know i just want to know how he already had the thought to get all geared up I think that he already knew what Valentine was going to say. Okay. Yeah. And he, he was. was that That's why he wasn't in the room fighting. He mm-hmm. was like, I'm going to go get ready, bitches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Alec has a moment because we're in Alec's POV. Um, Sorry. Before you say that real quick, I, I want to circle back on the Robert thing. <clears throat> and I think Robert, like we talked about a couple of episodes ago, I think he's more of an action man than Maris is more about politics. And so she was trying to fight and fight. And Robert was just like, I don't give a fuck. I'm just going to go. Like, I think that that was his. Like whether um, the Inquisitor wanted him to or not, he right. was just going to do it. Okay. Right. Okay. Well, that's he's going to be That's ready. what we needed. Right? Yep. So at least one person was ready. So maybe Robert Lightwood would be good to have around Amanda. You I guess you're right. <laughs> but maybe he called reinforcements. Because he can get to the clave too, right? Maybe he's like, listen, this bitch has some bad ideas. Okay. <laughs> She's got some bad ideas. Let's get ready. This is a bad seed. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. I can't remember where I am, so I'm trying Alec to. Alec has a moment. Oh, yeah. So we're in Alec's point of view, and he has this moment where he's remembering how formidable and strong his dad looked to him when he was little, and he's getting those same vibes down. It's his aesthetic, as you called it. Mm-hmm. Also taking a moment to think about the utter embarrassment that he made of himself at Luke's, <laughs> which is something I would totally be doing right now. Oh, yeah. Yep. Like, let's just rut in this. Yep. Robert says that the conclave is ready and that they have boats waiting in the water. And Imogen tries to protest. But Robert straight ignores her ass, telling his wife that they have to move quickly. See? Yep. There he is. He's ready. Take an action. The Inquisitor says that the clave needs to know what's going on. And Maris hands her the phone and is like, yeah, you're right. Tell them what you've done. (laughs) Alec is an amazing creature. And in all this, he's starting to feel sorry for Imogen. But not for long. Because Isabel runs in geared up telling him to get ready because this shit's about to get heavy. (laughs) I just say that differently. No, that was great. Yeah. No, you gotta pause. Tell him to get ready because this shit's about to get heavy. Should I? I don't know how to beatbox. I don't know. <laughs> I just want to be like, I just said it on my last. It's fuck you, Debbie. Anyway, <laughs> that's the last part yep. of it. Alec is stopped on his way out by his dad, placing his hand on his shoulder with a look of pride in his eyes, telling him that if he needs a blade, his is on the entryway. 
Hmm. Like, I prepared it for you, son. Well, it's almost like, I feel like this is some way that, like, my family would end something. Like, let's not talk about it. This is my, like, peace offering. Let's just pretend like nothing happens. Move on. Right. Let's sweep it under the rug and not deal with our emotional issues. Right. Okay. Before he can answer his dad, he sees Isabel hand a serif blade to Maris, who points it at the Inquisitor's heart. She looks up and asks Maris if she's going to kill her, to which she replies, not even close. We need every shadow hunter in the city, and right now that includes you. Get up, Imogen. Get yourself ready for battle. From now on, the orders are here. The orders here are going to come from me. Bitch. She's... Wait, she didn't say that? Sorry. She meant it. It was silent. Yeah. <laughs> silent B? Yeah. She smiled grimly, and the first thing you're going to do is free my son from that accursed Malachi configuration. It's a confirmation? Okay. Just kidding. Just kidding. I thought I, I just said it wrong a couple weeks ago. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and Alec doesn't want to spoil the moment. His mother looks so proud and blazing. But they're going to find out sooner or later. So he tells them there's probably something that they should know. <laughs> About that guy. <laughs> Sorry, there's something going on here. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, man. So, um, we still didn't find out what happened to Simon. No. I know, because he's dead, guys. Come on. I know, but like... That's it. Story over. Simon's nope. gone. No. Nope. There's still hope. You're I haven't seen a fucking body. There's still hope. I know, I know. Especially with this kid. Jesus Christ. <laughs> He's like the song that never ends. No, do not. Oh, God, I hate you. Okay, so shit's about to go down. Uh-huh. Like, we're gearing up for battle. Yep. I'm excited. Finally. Mm-hmm. Ready to fight me some V-Tang. Yeah. Yeah. Except I have no skills with a Z. No skills. No computer <laughs> hacking skills or nunchuck skills. None of that. <laughs> Serif blade skills. None. Shaka Khan skills. I have some okay timed jokes sometimes. That's that's what I have to offer. <laughs> take it or leave it. I'll take it. Okay. You and also it, have bottled water. I do. <laughs> and it's not gross swafina. Dude, who wants that garbage? No one. No one. Disgusting. You drink my Costco water and you'll like it. <laughs> Make sure that you've read chapter 18, Darkness Visible, for next week's episode. For behind the scenes content and the latest updates, check us out on Instagram at Downworlder Dish Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.